Is this uh, noise record? in the background? That's uh, fine. Sure? Noise in the background is fine. I like noise. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, I'm here at Greenpoint Beer and Air Comp... Beer and Air. We just said Greenpoint Beer. Greenpoint Beer. Yep. And I'm here with Ed Raven. Yep. Who I've known for a while. Since uh, Charlene's days. Yeah, probably even Commonwealth days. Ooh, Commonwealth, I think yeah, I may yeah. have known you since Commonwealth days. And, um, yeah, we're going to chat. We're going to get to know each other. So, and, and drink some Greenpoint beer, and we're going to drink. Of course, we're going to drink some Greenpoint beer. I'm, and mezcal. And I, I'm not a big beer drinker, so but I'm drinking something. Well, we'll work on that. <laughs> so... Um, let me uh, say what we're doing. Hi, this is I Know the Owner, a <laughs> podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm here with Ed Raven from Greenpoint Beer. And uh, how's it going? Um, it's it's going well, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> loosely defined. Uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's going through the same issues of, you know, personnel. Yeah, uh, yeah. Personnel issues. Um, you know, the heat, the, the COVID heat, problems, the COVID you know, compliance and all that stuff. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting through it. We're, we're doing okay. And, and as long as I can always go back and, and drink a beer, our own <laughs> beer, that's, that always makes it worthwhile. <laughs> this is my first time here. How long has Greenpoint um, beer been here? Um, in this location on uh, Manhattan Avenue, we started in... Um, just, just before 2020, uh, oh, COVID, uh, February 2020, we, oh, shit. we opened up. Wow. Um, but the original brewery started in 2013 on, on North 15th Street mm-hmm. in, in Greenpoint. So we, uh, we, we did uh, something like six great years over there, and uh-huh. then our lease was bought out. Uh-huh. And um, we took that money and put it into a larger facility here, uh, as well as a roof deck. Um, and ground that's floor restaurant now. Bar. Roof deck. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little hot, but I don't think that's your fault. <clears throat> well, it's, it's actually a nice time of the day now. The sun's yeah. down, so the it's The sun's cool going down. Are you from New York? Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally uh, a Long Island boy. Oh. Huntington, Long Island. Okay, okay. Born and raised. I'm familiar. And how long have you been in the beer industry? Um, I was one of the original Brooklyn Brewery Founders. Oh. Um, I sold the first case of Brooklyn Lager in Manhattan in around 1988. Oh, shit. <clears throat> You're older than you look. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> old as dirt, as they say. So, yes, I was in the advertising uh, world uh-huh. at that time, and I was living in Parksville, Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. some friends of mine told me about this new brewery, and me being like kind of a beer geek, you could say. Uh-huh. Uh, a beer geek before it was like yeah, a thing. Yeah, I mean, I was the guy that... It was the 80s. You know, I couldn't drink, you, you were know, like, I know the stuff. difference between Budweiser and Stella. Yeah, I was drinking <laughs> beers like, you know, Watney's Red Barrel, John oh. Courage. Uh, beers people, a lot of English beers, actually. Okay. A lot that people never heard of. And when I saw Brooklyn Brewery, the first thing I asked was, how can I be a part of this? Uh-huh. And they, of course, said, well, we're looking for investors more than anything. Uh-huh. And, you know, I didn't have a pot to piss in. I was you know, a couple years out of school. 
I said, all right, well, let me think about this. And I eventually quit the advertising business and went back to them and said, look, I don't care. I will sell beer. Uh-huh. I don't have any money, but I will give you sweat equity and I will sell more beer than you can you can imagine. You just want to be involved. <clears throat> yep. And uh, little did they know, in six months I was selling a lot more beer than uh-huh. they imagined. Uh-huh. And they, in order to pay me, uh, the commissions they owed me, they made me a uh, partner. Wow. What year was that? And I use that term loosely okay. when it comes to Brooklyn okay. Brewery because at the time, it was a, a stock option. All right. And between you and I and anybody else in this business <laughs> who, who gets one of those things laid out, make sure it's legit. <clears throat> so it wasn't legit. No. They had no, <laughs> they had no intentions of... So, of, so of, they were like... We'll pay you this percentage for now, but there's nothing in writing. Yeah, really. I mean, the, the valuation okay. of the company could be whatever they felt it was when mm-hmm. they woke up. Okay. And they sold, uh, sold options to other investors, and those guys never got a return on their money. And when it was time for me to actually leave, mm-hmm. they told me, okay, Ed, you can buy your options. Okay. I said, okay, you could buy them and then sell them for the uh-huh. greater value which we had all hoped for. Uh-huh. And they told me, but you are limited to the shareholders, the current shareholders, uh-huh. which was probably a list of like, you know, So 50, you could 60. sell to current shareholders only. only. Wow. <clears throat> and so, they knew what those shares were worth. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> they hadn't got, for 10 uh-huh. years, they hadn't gotten a return. They hadn't gotten a dividend. They haven't gotten anything except... An annual case of beer. I know nothing about shares and stocks, so... Really? I mean, you selling your restaurants is no, same, I know, same but, idea. No, I know, but, but um, yeah, I guess you make it sound like stock market kind of stuff. No, but, no. But, if, the, yeah. if Brooklyn Brewery was traded uh, on the stock exchange, this would be a lot easier. Yes. Your shares are worth X, mm-hmm. and now, we're, uh, 10 years later, your shares are worth X plus mm-hmm. a lot more. But no, it's a privately held company at the time, yeah. and the valuation was whatever they whatever they wanted said it was it to be. Got it, got it. So it was my time so, to leave. Nobody wanted to buy my stock options, uh-huh. leaving me empty-handed. So <clears throat> you didn't get to keep them; they just became worthless. They they gave me five years to exercise my stock option to okay. buy them. Okay. And in five years, I couldn't sell them to anybody. So wow. why why bother? Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. But you bounced back. <laughs> I bounced back. I uh, was involved in uh, a lot of different projects. I, I went out on my own as first as a, a, a beer broker, mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of such a thing. Um, but I, I repped a, a handful of brands like Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. which you're probably familiar with. When I met you, you were a distributor. Um, when I met you... You were an importer. I was importing, uh, and still are, uh-huh. importing a beer called Yever Pilsner. Uh-huh. That's right around the time I met you. So I was importing. Mm-hmm. I was not wholesaling beer. I wasn't driving mm-hmm. a truck like I am now, delivering <laughs> beer. I was importing beer, and I was selling it to wholesalers all over the country. Okay. <clears throat> so we, our local distributor here in New York was a company called SKI. Yes, they're still around. I'm sure you know. Uh-huh. Yes. So, most recently... Um, They're the only company that still makes you send them a check in the mail. 
Well, that's another story altogether, which is actually more and more as I'm in the wholesale business, is, it's probably a good thing. Okay. There are so many payment services out there right yes. now. Yes. Mellow yes. is out there. QuickBooks has their own thing, uh-huh. which we use. And if you're a wholesaler, you don't know where all these payments are coming from. Okay. I mean, it's really hard to keep track. Okay. And sometimes when you get a payment and it comes into your account, Mm -hmm. it says, you know, $358 was deposited in your account. But you don't know know who it's it's from from or what invoice it was paying or where the (laughs) deductions Uh and if there were any credits involved. Okay. So everybody's left scrambling trying to find out, all right, got this money, great, Mm -hmm. but what's what's it paying? Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's a whole nother subject I just, altogether. I, one of my companies uses Melio, and they were like, you have to sign up. You have to sign up with Melio in order to make a payment. And I was like, well, I don't know these people. Like, what do you mean I have to sign up with them there you go. in order to pay that's you? Another password and yeah. user number. Yes. All that stuff. Um, Melio, Melio and yeah. Bill.com. There was, there's one that just debited a dollar from my account for nothing like on Friday and I there's no contact <laughs> view viewpoint I think it is it's from one of the one of the beer distributors was was like you have to sign up for this viewpoint or whatever it's called and then they just took a dollar out of my account in the middle of the month for no reason and yeah. I, and I'm like I'm going to call just them just to make because, sure you're still breathing or I whatever guess. it is I'm like the you know the point and I could find no phone number for them. So I don't know if I'm ever going to get you that know, dollar back. Union Beer has a, mm-hmm. a, a thing where you could pay online through their service. Yes. And, uh, you know, I own a, a beer store on Greenpoint called Browery Lane. Mm-hmm. And we buy a lot of beer from a lot of wholesalers over there. Mm-hmm. And Union Beer has been trying to get me to go online to do uh-huh. their payment services. And I keep on saying, look... Isn't my money the same thing when I just mail you a check yeah. to or my bank account? Why is this any different? Yes. They're like, I was a big fan of right because I had my system. I'd write the check, I'd write the check number on the on the invoice. It was all filed and mm-hmm. I could like pull it out if I needed it. And then one by one they were all like you have to pay electronically. You have to pay online or whatever it is. And I mean it saves me a stamp and an envelope. And also, I had a few checks stolen out of the mailbox, oh, so God. now it feels more secure when I pay online. So hey, this is probably boring for the listener. I don't, I don't even want to get into my most recent um, <laughs> issue with international wire transfers. Oh, um, that's that's a whole nother podcast yeah. altogether. I just in a short, um, I just got scammed big time. Oh but no! We'll, we'll talk about this some other time. Okay, and I kind of want to know how you got scammed. There is so many scammers out there who are watching you online. Uh-huh. They are watching everything that you do. In this particular case, they were able to hack into my email mm-hmm. as well as the supplier uh-huh. that I've been in contact with for 15 years. And they hijacked your email and they cha- they will change the content, the text uh-huh. of the email that's coming to me. So, so the email looks exactly like it would normally look like. Oh, wow. Coming from. So it's not like. Say, my export director. Uh-huh. And he's instructing me to do something. 
And I am looking at it going, this is not right. Uh-huh. I'm not supposed to be doing this. It's, yeah. And the email is coming back, yes, Ed, I'm confirming this is what your, your instructions are. This is what you're supposed to do. Okay. And then what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. I guess you I guess hacked. you call him. Maybe you call him. <laughs> but I wouldn't know that unless you just told me the story. Well, but now everyone listening will know to call them. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. I called the guy. They even uh-huh. hacked the guy's mobile number. Shut up! Yes. And he, he called me using his number, uh-huh. and his contact came up on my phone. And I was talk- I thought I was talking to the guy uh-huh. from the brewery. You know, he's German. He's got a German accent, so, you know, and the phone connection wasn't great. That's a great. good scam. I hope they got a lot of money. <laughs> they put it on, I mean, they put yes. in a lot of work. They got a, quite a few zeros. <laughs> oh, no. That fucking sucks. Actually, I mean, I was joking. Obviously, I don't want them to get a lot of money, but... Usually when you get scammed by someone, you're like, oh, what an idiot. Like, how do you even make no, money? these guys are They were really, really smart. They were really sophisticated. They really know. They knew everything. They knew everything that was going on with me and the brewery. And so they had just been reading all your emails. They knew everything from, like, P.O. orders, purchased orders, you know, point of sale orders, everything. They knew, like, wow. the shipping dates on everything. How could a scammer know this information? They hacked... Unless you, they were monitoring your Yeah. Emails. That's crazy. Anyway. That's really scary. It's out of control. So That's out of control. Let's talk about the restaurant. <laughs> it's restaurant brewery business. <laughs> so so you had Browery Lane, which was, um, was like a beer store. Yeah, we still have it. It's uh-huh. over on Greenpoint Avenue, and uh, we sell both domestic and in, 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 imported beers. Mm-hmm. It's a beer to stay or beer to go. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much it. The they did okay during the pandemic. Or um, no? Well, we lost a lot of uh, in-house business. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was a decent amount of retail business going out the door, but... It's not the same. Though overall, we, we really you know, felt it. Yeah. We got her. Here at the brewery, we, uh, we converted the whole ground floor dining room into a beer store, similar okay. to Browery Lane. And we got on board with every New York State beer we could find. Mm-hmm. Tried to promote New York State beer. So we took all the tables and we laid out everybody's beer. I would just mm-hmm. go to every distributor, every brewery, buy their stuff. So the whole neighborhood neighborhood came in. They could buy beer to go. And then they could pick up like a, you know, a lobster roll or uh-huh. a hot chicken sandwich out the door. And that got us through the pandemic yeah. uh, pretty well. We, we, well, did, we did very well. And, you know, we supported, we were selling tons of New York State beer, local beer, mm-hmm. including. Um, it was great. It was actually it was actually a lot of fun. But, you know, obviously we weren't taking advantage of the, the whole dining experience. So. Yeah. yeah. And then when the rooftop, when they allowed outdoor dining, the rooftop became like the, only- the place up here. Yeah. We had to yeah, this, we had to I mean, fight people off to get up here. Yeah, this, uh, this is nice. This is yeah. Nice. You know, deck. Now, now, you know, things have settled, so it's gone back to regular regular business. Mm-hmm. So it's good. So you started at Brooklyn, then you became yep. an importer. Yep. Yes, please. <laughs> One. <laughs> Signaling for a beer. It's here. working. It's working. So, yes, I left Brooklyn, mm-hmm. then I went to work for Sierra Nevada as uh-huh. their brand manager. And then uh, 
Sierra Nevada and I parted ways after they, they told me I was selling too much beer for them. And they, um, they said you were selling too much? Yes. This is at a They're point like, in time. They're like, we can't keep up. Thank, Thank you, Easy. You. This, this is uh, at a point in time when their brewery was trying to keep up with uh, demand. Their capacity wasn't quite all there. And um, they said, look, you know, you're, you're making more money than most people at the brewery uh -huh. as a broker. And I set up all their distribution all throughout the New York, Northeast. So, so why do you think you were making more money than everybody else? Because they were paying me a brokerage fee. Uh -huh. Every case and every keg that came into New York State. But weren't they paying their other brokers? <clears throat> no, I was like one of maybe two brokers they had in the whole country. Okay. But so since they had knew me when I was at Brooklyn Brewery days, because Brooklyn Brewery was a Sierra Nevada wholesaler. Uh -huh. Okay. I don't know if a lot of people remember back in the days we were... A craft beer distributor. Mm -hmm. Back then, we didn't call it craft beer. We called it <laughs> microbrewery beer. Oh, yeah. And specialty beer. Yeah. That's a whole other subject. I remember craft that. beer. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we uh, introduced Sierra Nevada to the New York market. Uh -huh. And I was the guy leading the distribution company at the time. Mm -hmm. So I had a great relationship with them. And then when I left Sierra, when I left Brooklyn, then they brought me on to lead the way in other parts of New York State. So I ended up working with them. They said, oh, you know, you're making too much money. You're so it, it, didn't, it didn't help that Brooklyn Brewery was not a big fan of me working for them mm -hmm. either because picture this. One day I'm working for Brooklyn. They fire me. Uh-huh. <clears throat> That's the stock option story. Yeah. And then I come back two weeks later as the brand manager for their, their largest supplier. So, so they Nevada. still had to see your face. Yes. <laughs> and let, needless to say, Steve Hindy and Tom Potter were not very happy about that. <laughs> and they did everything they could to get me out of the picture. Uh-huh. Even event, though you were making them so much money? Yeah. Because, you know, in, that, in those days, Brooklyn Brewery sold more Sierra Nevada than Brooklyn beer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I not, I don't know that, but it makes sense. A lot of people don't realize <laughs> that, but that was their number one brand. Uh -huh. Sierra Nevada was everywhere back then. Yeah, I mean, people wanted that beer like like there was yeah. no tomorrow. It was it was the easy it was the easiest sell in yeah. the world. You know, many many of your places had it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they they eventually forced me out, and then I was like, that's it. I'm going to get my own brands, and the brands are going to be as far away as possible. Uh -huh. And that's how I hooked up with Yaver. Got it. Yaver Pizzler. Yes. And, and the, the giant Yaver umbrella. The giant umbrella. <laughs> and Rory was one of the first guys ever uh -huh. to go on a, on a, a trip, a uh, mm. customer's trip, to uh, Hamburg. And oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I think I know a few people who got to do that. Um, for those of you that don't know, Rory is my partner at Charlie's. So, anyway. <laughs> so, disclosure. So he, disclosure. So he, um, so he got, to, are you still doing that? Can I, can I go? <laughs> no, uh, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. But you have to be buying. I have to buy you. Yaver, of course. Okay. That makes sense. That, that makes sense. Helps. That does help. So, yeah. Um, and then, uh, that's the import company. And I, I brought in other brands, uh, Maybe you're familiar with a beer called Gaffel Kolsch. And, yes, yes. Uh, well, my husband, Stuart, who is sitting here, who you, you recognized, he worked for you hi, for a Stuart. little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, he worked at German Beer Garden, DSK. Yeah, yeah. And so they all, they, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they carried Gaffel Kolsch. And I believe you would, like, come in and fix the taps if 
if it wasn't pouring. Whatever had to be done. Yes. <laughs> you were you were the guy to call if if something went wrong yep. and we could call you directly and no you would other call cold spray. <laughs> can guarantee that it comes with Ed Raven. That's well, <laughs> that's just part of being in the beer business, you know. It's like you know, we want people to sell beer and if you can't sell beer then what are we doing? Yeah. We don't have the product to sell them. Yeah. So that's why we're doing it. I mean, I, it sounds like these people were doing it for fun and you were doing it for money and they were like, what the hell? Well, <laughs> but I'm late for this I'm late for this interview today because <laughs> I had to go to Bushwick for a customer who didn't order their beer uh-huh. and and needed it today. I that's and exactly we, what we I got figured. We got the order happened. this morning and I'm like, okay. I'll drive it out. <laughs> so it just, in my image, you grabbed a bar back from here and you were like, come with me. But no, you just carried it yourself. My van is parked right out front. Nobody has, nobody had to help you carry it? Yeah, I mean, I've seen you lift a keg with one hand. Yeah, even at, <laughs> even at my age, I'm still yeah. doing it. I really do have to get a life one of these days. <laughs> I don't know. It's not good. You're kind of a legend around, yeah. around these parts. So, yeah, so, now we're... Uh, well, the Yaver thing, and then um, the beer store thing came along, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I I grabbed a couple of our sales clerks at the time, uh-huh. who were uh, home brewer types, and I said, you know what, uh, you can make a lot of money selling beer retail over the bar versus uh-huh. wholesale, okay, which is what I've been doing all the previous years, mm-hmm. and I experienced that through. I really experienced that through Celebrate Brooklyn. Yes. Now, if anybody's ever been to Prospect Park, Celebrate Brooklyn, for in the last 18 years, mm-hmm. my crew yeah. served all the beverages. Yes. And that's when Stuart worked for you. you and Stuart <laughs> and uh-huh. every other, Everybody else any other that I ever waiter yes. in, 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 the, in the 20 block proximity of, of Celebrate Brooklyn. I mean, that was there. the job. Are you still doing it? No, okay. no, they uh, they changed format. They Got brought it. in a new concessionaire, but uh, you know, I think eighteen years was a, a pretty yeah, good one. Yeah, it was. And then I got involved with so many other projects, and I was like, you know what? Um, it's it's time to move on. I just got an emergency call because the bartender didn't know how to change the register tape. Oh no! Well, at least we're ringing in sales. <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> I still have people here that don't know how to wipe tables. We just had a big conversation about that. Um, yeah. I mean, the toilet paper has to go overhand. Everybody knows that. There's a lot of things these kids don't know. Um, I'm, I was always jealous because all of my friends worked at Celebrate Brooklyn, and I, I only met you right before I opened Charlene's, and I couldn't do it, and... You know, run Charlene. You were busy. And it just seemed like the best job ever. You just show up and you work your ass off for like four hours and you go home with a pile of money. Throw and beer. Everyone goes out <laughs> drinking together. Throw beer at people. Yeah. And back then we were cash only. Yeah. So it was, it was quite the experience at the end of the night. <laughs> Flattening wet money. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it was, and it, was, it was a great time. But we made, we made a lot of money for Celebrate Brooklyn. Yeah. And it was great. So, and the shows were fantastic. And everybody, Stuart cut everybody his hand. Stuart cut his hand one day at the, at the Celebrate Brooklyn. He reached into um, oh, a garbage can. Oh, a broken glass or something. Yeah, he cut his hand with broken glass. And you, like, wrapped... 
Yeah, so what happened was I was an idiot and I stuck my hand in a garbage can and I cut my hand on a broken wine bottle and yeah, it was bleeding saying. a lot and I could see the inside part of my hand and I'm like, this is fucked. So I ran over and found Ed and it was like a paid show, so it was fucking slammed. And I showed you and you're like, okay, let's. I got this. And you took me to the performer's bathroom let me wash my hand in a decent bathroom and then you like stuck a beer in my hand because the show is almost done you stuck a beer in my hand and I like waited and I like ele- kept it elevated and we you, like, counted all yeah we counted all the cash and then uh, I walked over to Charlene's and the luckily the other bartender was trained to be a nurse right? he was training to he was in nursing school so he got that shit wrapped up and I was fine but uh, it was very much a, like rub some dirt on it kid it was great rub some dirt in it hey it all worked out well, I hope you didn't bleed on any money. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, those are those are good days. Those are those are good times doing those shows and everything. But then that's that's where I really learned the meaning of, you know, how much money you can make selling a keg of beer. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know if people realize how little wholesalers make on a keg of beer. I don't think anybody realizes it. Uh, if we're if we're talking like thirty, forty, fifty bucks. That's uh-huh. that's yeah, the that's, range. Uh huh. And, and, you know, and everybody beats up on wholesalers and they say, you know, give me a better price. It's like, you know how tight they work. And yeah. I don't know if people get that. But anyway, that was one of the reasons why I got out of it, because I said, you know what? I need to be making, you know, $8, $9 a pint. Instead of? Instead of making $50 on a whole keg. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, I brought in the, the, the beer store, Browery Lane Kids, uh-huh. home brewers. I said, you guys want to do this? Do you want to brew more beer than five gallons at a time? How about we drew 10 barrels at a time? Okay. And that's when we opened up Greenpoint Beer on North 15th Street. Uh-huh. And we did that whole project, built base. And you had a staff of brewers. Well, when I stayed staff, we had like two guys. Okay. It was a small system. Mm-hmm. But we, we built that place. We, you know, demoed the place, and we, we built it from ground up. We did everything except the plumbing and electric. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then we that's when we opened up in, like, 2013, 20, 2013, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is history. Now we're here. And um, you moved. That's not there anymore. Yeah, that place is shut down. We, our lease was bought. Oh, yeah, that's right. we took that money, Landlord, and we moved over here. Landlord And stuff. we put in a 20-barrel system. Which is one of the largest breweries in uh, the city right now. Really? Yeah. And now we are, our next big project is uh, we're, we're trying to be a new distributor alternative. Every, everybody, I'm sure, knows the local guys, the Union beers, the Manhattan beers, the SKIs. Uh-huh. Well, we think this market is underserved. And since we already self-distribute Greenpoint beer, uh-huh. we are... Slowly adding on new brands. Okay. Both imported and domestic. I mean, if you can make it so I never have to deal with Manhattan again, I would I would love that. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> we have Gaver, we have Greenpoint, we uh-huh. have Fru Coach now. I don't know it. Uh, we have Hofbrau. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Hofbrau. Ciders from uh, Germany coming in. We have Paradox Brewing from Adirondacks. Uh, we have uh, Alphabet City. Beer. Oh, that's local. So, yeah, we, we needed it. We needed this because just a warehouse, Greenpoint beer, we need a place to refrigerate. And mm-hmm. So we have a 5,000 square foot refrigerator 
which is the talk of the town now because everybody's over there drinking inside it. Inside in, the refrigerator. In, in 95 degree <laughs> temperatures right now. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. But, man, we're getting into wholesale business, and that's a whole nother category. That's awesome. It's funny how my life has gone full circle now. Mm-hmm. Working for a brewery. I said I'd never open up a brewery. Here uh-huh. I am, I open a brewery. I said I would. I was in a wholesaler, and I said I'd never be a wholesaler, and here I am of being a wholesaler again. I mean, I feel like you figured out the supply chain issue, right? Because you make the beer, you distribute it. You, yep. So and now we have the retail side too. There you go. We got everything covered. So you can't be like supply chain issues because now you have everything. Uh, well, yes and no, but uh, except yes. yeast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is tough to get ingredients now. Hops are expensive and. We're waiting for that phone call when we can't get any grain. Oh. And now they're talking about CO2 scare. We need, yeah, everybody, every I didn't brewer needs CO2, CO2 scare. To, uh, to brew beer, to transfer beer, to carbonate beer. Yeah. So that that is rapidly becoming an issue. We'll just have to breathe out mm. into the beer. And then now with Jaeger, <laughs> in Germany they're talking about shutting down a lot of the breweries because there's no gas to power the boilers. Because the gas is too expensive. The gas is either expensive or non-existent. Oh, non-existent. So there could be a, a, a total imported beer scare this winter. Uh-oh, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Get your imported beers now and stock up. Stock up now. <laughs> stock up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't imagine that's going to happen, though, in Germany, in all the big beer brewing countries. They have to have their beer. They're, they're yeah. Not, they're not going to let that it's not gonna. It's not going to go well. Um, so how do, you like, how do you like this place? Are you here a lot? Are you here all the time? Um, unfortunately, I live here. You live here? I, but the other good side is I live only a block away. Okay. But, um, you know... <laughs> I always, I'm shaking my head always about this. I never thought I would be a general manager, a floor manager, um, uh-huh. the waiter, the, the waiter, the, the cleanup guy, the everything guy. The only guy who knows how to wipe the tables properly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody out there has the same stories. When I opened this place, I wanted it to be different from my other location. It's much more beer oriented. Uh-huh. It's it's. Um, it's a much smaller kitchen. Kitchen. The menu is uh, like half the size. We have two guys in the kitchen instead of uh-huh. six, like we did. You got to pare down. So yeah, and I and I wanted to keep a much tighter control on everything, and I wanted it to be more about Greenpoint beer uh-huh. and not farm it off to you know somebody who doesn't really know us, mm-hmm. understands us. So I got hooked into doing everything. And yeah. And now I'm like going, oh my God, I, can't, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And run a wholesale business. Yeah. And run an import company. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> um, no, I do have a house up in the Catskills, and if I can get a couple days away, That's nice. I'll go up there and sleep. Yeah, just sleep? Sleep, eat, <laughs> and uh, drink heavily. Okay. <laughs> but it's nice. It's quiet. It's it's much cooler. The yes. weather is nicer. You don't need like an air conditioner. Skills. So yeah, that's that's my story. That's and then your I'll story. I'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did I? Did we miss anything? Well, no. The stuff that I'm not going to talk about, we'll we'll leave out for now. You can't mention the stuff that you're not going to talk about and then no. not talk about it. No, I mean it's the it's the usual stuff that everybody it runs into running a restaurant, running a brewery. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all the same thing. It's all you know. There's so many you, things that you... You had food before the pandemic. You weren't forced to suddenly start having food. Well, when the pandemic hit, we were only six weeks old. Oh, my God. We opened the doors on, I'll never forget this, February 20th. That was beer, um, that was a beer opening. Uh-huh. Um, uh, New York City Brewers Guild, uh, you know, Brewers Day. Uh-huh. And we had probably, like... Five, six hundred people through the door just as we opened the door. Wow. And it was just crazy. And we this went on for a couple weeks. And then How did everybody know about you? Well, they they know me, they know brewers, they know Greenpoint Beer. We've been around for a while. But this location Mm -hmm. was new, so everyone would check out. Yeah, yeah. And the the convention was only like ten blocks away, so we were obviously a destination. So, yeah, February 20th and then March 20th. Yeah, you were done. We were, we March were, 16th. It was done. Yeah. 16th, that was the official date. Yeah. <laughs> March 16th, 2020. Yep. A day that will burn, yeah. is burned into my memory. So, yeah, everything got shut down at that point. And, you know, we Did had you ever to. Get COVID? I have not. You're um, too tall. It's not up there. <laughs> I have got every shot uh, uh, I'm legally uh-huh. allowed to have. Cool. So <laughs> I'm like, really? Monkeypox? I can get a shot? Great. <laughs> At my age, I can get more shots? Yeah. Okay, I'll take another shot. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah. But no, I have been lucky. I uh, just got over my second bout of COVID. Get out, really? <laughs> I had COVID March 16, 2020. Wow. I had COVID. We were we were shutting down the bars. I don't know if you know about my other two bars, Hinterlands and Minis. So we have Hinterlands yeah. in Kensington and Minis in Sunset Park. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and we had to shut down. That's where Riff worked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I woke up with a fever, and or I woke up feeling a little bit sick, and then we came home, and I had a fever. And Stuart was going back to shut Hinterland, and I was like, I think I have the thing that they're talking about. And I took my temperature, and I had like 101 fever. Mm. And I was like, we're not, we're not supposed to go out. And he's like, I have to go out. I have to close the bar. Yeah, like we're not gonna leave then, the money. Yeah, we can't just leave the money in the. I mean, that was the thing. I was texting everybody I knew, and I was like, take the money out of the bar, because the idea, the idea of everything being shut, and nobody's around to keep people from breaking into your shit, like that was the first thing that came to my mind. So I texted everybody I know and I was like, make sure you take the cash out of the bar. And everyone was like, good idea. That, that's a good point. <laughs> Never thought of that. Never thought of it. <laughs> because who knows when we're, when we're going to be able to come back. And we, I literally couldn't leave my house because I had COVID for three weeks. And Ugh. then... Brutal. No, and I then I just lucky. had it again uh, last week. 
I, I think if you have all the shots, then when you get it, it's it's really just like getting a cold for a few days. It, and then it you... was, but it was not. A lot of my friends have been getting it lately that are vaccinated. I'm obviously vaccinated. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was like sick for a day. I was I was sick. I was like really sick. I had a, a 101 fever. I had mm. I had the whole thing. So I don't know. I thought I was going to get COVID light because I had it already yeah. and I had the vaccine. But Stuart didn't get it at all. Wow. And we didn't quarantine from each other at all this time. He got it the first time. But <clears throat> this last time we slept in the same bed. I had my dirty tissues all over the apartment <laughs> and he didn't he didn't get it at all. So his his workout regime is working. <laughs> that was another thing here during the whole COVID, you know. You, you you put out a schedule and then all of a sudden you get a phone call an hour yes. before the, the person shifts. I, got I have COVID. COVID. Yes. And then like, what are you supposed to say to them? I know. And and I you feel have like to work. ninety percent no. of the time I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But a few of those phone calls were just hangovers. Come on. A lot of it was. Come on. To a party and you, one of those guys. You're probably right. Yeah. And you know I'm still getting that now. Yeah. Uh, oh. And it's like. You, you without even batting an eye, you're just like fine, whatever. Fine. Stay home. We'll figure it out. And then you know you scramble. Everybody scrambles. Try to find yeah. somebody. You know, a lot of times it winds up being me. Uh -huh. You know, subbing for a while until somebody else can show up. You know, this is just you know. I'm sure everybody goes through the same thing. Do you end up tending bar? Well, I do. Yeah. But here it's not like tending bar. Okay. It just we don't we're not mixing drinks here. Yeah, you're just pouring. I mean, beer. it's beer. Yeah. It's wine. Wine on tap, and then it's, there's whiskey, local whiskey. Mm -hmm. And if you want a mixer, we we give you whiskey and a can of soda. A can of soda, yeah, that's what <laughs> that's we got. It. So you know, we're not we're not looking for like bartender bartenders. Uh -huh. If you can serve a beer, talk about beer. If you can run food, you got a high paying job. <laughs> yeah. Here at Greenpoint Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hiring? I feel Always. like everybody, yeah. <laughs> Kidding me? Yeah. We have a permanent sign out front, uh, <laughs> billboards, 40 by 60 inches, hiring. Wow. Not to mention we're hiring, uh, we're looking for a delivery guy and a warehouse person. All right. Well, if you're looking for work, you have a, come, if you come have a clean driver's license and can drive a forklift and you have a uh, strong back, come talk to me. Do you need a special license to drive a forklift? <laughs> Yes, but not with us. <laughs> Cops, don't listen to this part. <laughs> no. You're, you're supposed to, it's like a, I don't know, it's an OSHA thing. You have to be able, okay. you have to be trained I, on a forklift. I don't know. I, I feel can, like I could do it. I can drive a forklift. Anybody, you could drive a forklift. It's actually quite a, quite a bit of fun. <laughs> Lifting heavy things with just by pushing some levers. Yeah. It's really my dad awesome. drove a forklift when I was a kid. Oh, um, my God. Can so... Me? Yeah, I, I'm them over. unloading trucks, loading <laughs> trucks. I am, you know, on a forklift. If anybody came down to inspect us, we would, we would be nailed. All right. Well, don't come down to inspect him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> we've, been, we've been pretty good in that department. It's all fine. It's all fine. I'll tell you another secret about that sometime, too. Oh, man. I always get the secrets after the show. I really... I'm tempted to... Because I say, okay, thanks, good night. And then I push the record button and we stop recording. And then every single time I get the best story. 
So I'm tempted to just fake the okay, bye, and just well, leave it going. Well, that, that, that's because <laughs> some of the stuff is kind of uh, oh yeah, I know borderline legal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and some of the stuff is just downright uh, we, illegal. We don't want the, the wrong person <laughs> to hear this pro- um, podcast. So yeah. So what's the what's the craziest <laughs> what's, thing that what's happened? The secret? <laughs> yeah, what's the secret? All right, yeah. What's the secret? Um, I mean, you were you're one of those people that when I was getting into this business, I would always see you around just doing whatever needed to be done. And so I definitely took note of that. And I was like, that's kind of how you want to be if you want to be successful in this business. You must just do whatever it takes to, to make sure it gets done. And I've seen you, I mean, I worked at Commonwealth and you like came in in the like we were like we ran out of beer uh call ed he'll just bring us beer and he would just bring beer or yeah, we'll if, bring beer or if we'll our, bring, a, if we'll our bring kegs, customers we'll bring parties yeah we'll if do our promotions and if our like taps broke even if it wasn't your beer i mean we we always had your beer on tap but you would just you're like oh your taps broke i'm in the neighborhood i have a flange and you <laughs> would just bring it yeah. you know well, it's it's. I guess I don't know. Maybe that's just part of what I enjoy about the the hospitality and especially the beer business. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's beer is a very social thing to begin with. So, yeah. And if you like beer, it definitely helps. I mean, when I was in the advertising business, you know, I was selling airtime and space, and you know, it's it's a non tangible item. Yeah. Uh, and you know, where's the satisfaction? So, so big deal. All right, you sold somebody a, an advertising campaign for a million dollars. Okay, great. Made a lot of money. But when you can look at a product and taste the product and you can have somebody try the product and see the look on their face and say, wow, this is really good. And then they go and tell somebody else, this is a really great product. Mm-hmm. And you, they go on and go on and on and on. And they come back to you and say, hey, I need some more of that product. Uh-huh. I need more of that sell. That... There's, I'm sure a chef feels the same way. Yeah. And uh, I, I honestly feel the same way about the beer business. Mm-hmm. You know, I like when people say, this is a great beer. Give me more. Uh-huh. I want to sell more this beer to people. And there's, there's no better satisfaction. I feel like the product that I'm selling is non-tangible. Because I don't know very much about beer. And I actually... Don't don't care how the beer tastes. <laughs> I don't care so much how we gotta work on that too, Sean. <laughs> I can't taste the difference um, between different beers. It's just one of those things. Um, but I get my satisfaction if somebody comes in and they're like, "I met my wife at your bar," oh, or that's definitely like, a great thing. I was I was on my way home <laughs> and it was late. And I was scared, and your place was open, and I ducked in, and everybody was nice to me, and I felt welcome there. So it's not like a tangible thing. Yeah. It's like an, an experience, I guess. And that's when I feel like I did something. Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah, because, you know, uh, a restaurant bar is, that's the product. <laughs> yeah. So you're selling that product. And, yeah. you know, in a way, we, we here at Greenpoint, we're selling that experience yeah. here yeah, you guys at, have that uh, at 1150 Manhattan Avenue <laughs> but at the end of the day 
It's the product that Always they drink. Always be selling. <laughs> 11.50 Manhattan Avenue, the product, and if you go to a store and you buy the product, yes. then that's that's. Then you're like, insane. well, you know, you come in here and you have the experience, and then you go to the store and you see the beer, and it reminds you of the experience, and then you buy the beer. If people, if people get that, then, hey, that's great. Um, so I know you have some crazy stories, and you were hoping that I sent you some questions in advance, but I feel like you could... You could pick out a crazy story and tell it to me. Uh, like, like pertaining to here? Sure. Or the wholesale business in general? Yeah, or Celebrate Brooklyn, or... or um, well, I'll give, you, I'll give you a little tidbit on, on one. This goes years back. There was, a, um, there was an incident where I was do- doing one of those special deliveries mm-hmm. in Manhattan. It was uh, Lower 2nd Avenue. And I had a couple of cases of really expensive beer that a customer wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was bringing it to him personally out of my car. And I was seeing a couple other places in between. And at one point, somebody stole the case of beer uh-huh. out of my car. Okay, in, in Manhattan? Yeah. And it was a very expensive case of beer. And uh-huh. I was, when I came out, I was really pissed. Case was gone. So I went on to my next stop to see more people. And as I walked into the next stop, there was a guy with my case of beer. Oh, no. Walking in the store trying to sell it to my customer. And I, I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, <laughs> excuse me, that's my case of beer. And he uh-huh. turned around and he looked at me and he said, oh, Okay. <laughs> and he just gave it to he me. He looked up and he was like, oh shit. <laughs> I just robbed a very and then I, tall person. And I handed it right to the customer and he paid me for it. Wow. <laughs> I was like, thanks for the special delivery. <laughs> he carried it for you. <laughs> uh, around, around here, it's, uh, there's a classic story we still, we still talk about every day. Uh, on a rooftop, we have two exits. There's a, uh-huh. two staircases. One by is law. an entrance, one is an exit. Yeah. I so, read the sign. So, well, that's very good. You did. <laughs> Most people don't read the sign. One stairs is for up, and the other stairs is for down. Uh-huh. And there's a like reason Fiddler for that. Like Fiddler on the Roof. Go on. So, there's, so people <laughs> running food upstairs don't run into people running down. Uh-huh. That's first and foremost. And then, But also, during COVID, we were trying to keep people from oh, running into yeah, each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes so sense. So you go up one, one down, another. Mm-hmm. So in this one particular incident, I'm coming up the stairs. And by the way, there's signs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's three signs that say, not an exit, use the other stair. Yes. The next one says, are you serious? Are you still going down these stairs? <laughs> go the other way. So in this particular case, the, the woman... Coming down the steps, I meet her halfway, and I go, excuse me, did you read the signs? Uh-huh. And she says, yes, I read the signs, but I refused to acknowledge them. Uh. And kept on walking down the stairs. <laughs> you didn't trip her? I wanted to push her down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's just normal customer experience you get. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody will tell you customers are 
you know, they, you're, you're here to serve them. <laughs> and, sure. And sometimes they take it a little <laughs> bit farther than... They do. They do. Uh, have, you you, know. have you noticed, I've, I've been... There's a sense that post-pandemic, customers have gotten more entitled? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, an under, like, that's an understatement. Like at first, at first, when we all had to close down, like everyone was like, "Oh, you're the best. We're rooting for you." I can't believe we we don't have our favorite places anymore. And then I feel like lately, it's gotten much worse. I mean, I, we we still get it uh, these days. You know, the the rooftop has a capacity of a hundred people. That's uh, pretty Saturday, good. We'll get people will show up with 25 people and they'll go, uh-huh. you have a table for us? <laughs> and I said, did you call in advance? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, we're just here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's first come, first serve. But if you want us to designate a table for you, you know, you, you have to, there's a drink package deal and all that kind of stuff. Mm. No, otherwise, it's first come, first serve. This woman went berserk on me uh-huh. because she couldn't get a table for 25. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a very big table. And after after I couldn't see her, she took the group and they went outside across the street and she was screaming at us. From, from across, across the, the street. street? Obscenities, you name it. She was screaming everything imaginable at us because we couldn't see her. Yeah. And I'm looking at everybody in her staff going, what, what are we supposed to do with this woman? <laughs> uh, I mean, she just stood outside screaming? Uh, yeah. Just, what, what about the rest of her party? Were they like, were they looking at her like she was crazy? Oh, or they were like, yeah. A couple of them were like, you know, you know, yeah. she's really drunk. Don't pay any attention to her. But I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I don't need Get her that. out of here. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's out of control. But yeah, you're right. People are definitely feeling like That's what I've been hearing. So oh. I have one segment... In addition to our conversation where I read a letter that a listener has sent me. However, I almost never get a letter from a listener. So I have a backup plan where I read from Reddit, Am I the Asshole? Are you familiar? <laughs> no, but you know, I'm sure I'm going to find yes. out. So people write into Reddit and they're like, this happened. Am I the asshole? And then people on Reddit are like, yeah, you're the asshole. Or no, you're not the asshole. So I spent, um, I don't know, about an hour scouring Reddit for an Am I the Asshole that was relevant to the bar, the bar business. And I have an option for two. Uh, I have a choice of two. Let me see. Um, and then I'm going to read it. And then we're going to decide if that's the asshole. And then maybe we'll talk about it some more. Okay. There is a very small chance that I read this one before, but I never read it to you, so it's fine. Okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to pay at a restaurant that was false advertising? So, my girlfriend wants to go to this fancy new restaurant in the city that she's heard good things about. We get there, and it seems like one of those hipster places, but whatever, I'm hungry. I look at the menu, and this place is crazy expensive. Like, every dish is more than $15 to $20. (laughs) What year was this? Yeah, 
And, and obviously the city is not New York City. Um, I've never heard, uh, and half of the ingredients I've never heard of. I order the bison steak, $26. And my girlfriend orders some weird pasta, gnocchi, I think. Gnocchi is spelled N-O-K-I, $18. Very important. These were listed as entrees, all in caps, on the menu. Mind you, with drinks plus tip, this is going to come out to over $60, which is already ridiculous for two people. I have to tell you, Ed, I think I already spent $60 at your place before you got here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we order as we are starving. My steak arrives, and I am shocked. It's like six small pieces of sliced steak with some weird sauce on the side and a small handful of salad. I joke to the waiter, where's the rest of my steak? <laughs> I can tell <laughs> he, where this is going. <laughs> and he explains they serve smaller portions at this restaurant because they focus on getting the highest quality ingredients. I don't care if this bison was blessed by the Pope himself. It's absurd to charge that much for such a small bit of steak. It's highway robbery. I'm shaking my fist, by the way. When I go to restaurants, I expect an entree to fill me up and be enough for leftovers. Here we go. <laughs> I can't believe I'm calling out my grandma like this. <laughs> Great. I'm complaining to my girlfriend, and she's getting annoyed with me. Similar situation with her pasta. It was like maybe 12 pieces of gnocchi dressed up with some frou-frou bullshit. Granted, the food was pretty good. <laughs> but, but I cannot get over how tiny these portions were. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big guy, and I like to eat. What can I say? Oh, I didn't realize this <laughs> when, was a dude all this time. <laughs> when the waiter comes back, I inform him, we will not be paying for our meal and that they are falsely advertising entrees that barely qualify as a light snack. My girlfriend is begging me to stop, but that's where we're different. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't let businesses push me around and rip me off. I'm shaking my head, by the way, now, and I got my finger pointed. <laughs> a manager comes and apologizes. <laughs> but asks us to leave. I don't end up paying as they realized I called them out on their bullshit. My girlfriend is silent the entire time on the way back. I'm still hungry, so I drive through McDonald's and get a burger. And when I did that, she asked to be dropped off at her place. It's now the next day, and I'm starting to think I didn't handle the situation as well as I could have. I could have probably just asked for a discount. My girlfriend hasn't responded to my text, so now I'm starting to think I'm an asshole. Am I the asshole? <laughs> Without a question, you're an asshole. First of all, you stole from them. You, you held up this restaurant. You stole food. You stole food from them. You went in, you ordered food, you ate it, and then you fucking dashed. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's just inexcusable. What would you do? <clears throat> well, um, I would have made them pay. Yeah. For make sure. Them fucking pay. Um, For sure. I'm a huge Judge Judy fan, <laughs> mm -hmm. and Judge Judy likes to say, 
you ate the steak, you pay for the steak. If you go to a restaurant and they put a steak in front of you and you take a bite and you're like, I don't like this steak, you can return it and not pay. If it's bad, right? You're like, this steak is not good. Yeah. I'm not going to eat it. If it's a I'm going to return it. You just say, no, this is yeah. not good. And then you don't pay for it. But you don't eat the whole thing and then say, too bad, I'm still hungry. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is like a lot of stuff that you get on Yelp. Yes. Which I don't, I don't read Yelp. Mm-hmm. I don't read Google reviews. Me neither. Um, the only time... I will acknowledge something like that as if somebody, like a friend of mine, or somebody who, like, you know, is on social media will point this out to me. Uh-huh. And 99% of the time, I just ignore it. Most of the time, I mean, we're in the bar business, right? So most of the time people are drunk and we have to teach them how to behave. And then they wake up and they're mad that they behaved badly and we had to explain to them that that's not okay. Well, yes, <laughs> but this, these are things that their mom and dad should have taught them. Sure. I, I'm not here to teach you I, what your mom and dad I'm should have done. I'm not here to teach you how to act in the world. I just need you to act right in my place. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't, you know, yeah. you're gone. Exactly. I, I originally, when I thought about this podcast and I was going to read something, I was like, what if I pull up their worst Yelp reviews and read them and we laugh at them? But then um, I talked it over with some friends and they were like, some people might get upset <laughs> that they have these bad Yelp reviews. But I kind of think it's stupid. Well, actually, I don't think that's such a bad idea. I mean, um, there were, it's interesting how some restaurant owners... They, they're much better at responding yeah. than others. Yeah. And and sometimes they're really funny when the way they do it. Yes. I mean, I. Uh, it's not to say that I've never responded to some. No, some bad I reviews. never respond. I have. I have. I never I've, respond. I went after some woman who came up here. You know, we have a no dogs policy here. Uh huh. Unless they're service dogs. Uh huh. All right. Um. And we asked them for papers. Oh, wow. And if yeah, you have yeah. papers, it's a no. Got it. Now, there have been some pushback on that. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I don't know if you know Greenpoint very well, but everybody has a dog yes. in Greenpoint. The place will be filled with dogs. Yes. Yeah. Do I want that in yeah. my brewery? Yeah. And they'll no. be laying across the floor. I'm tripping over dogs yeah. and leashes yeah. and stuff like that. I don't need that. It's just, yeah. it's just, you know, that's why we don't, we don't do ladies' night on Tuesdays. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we trip over that, ladies and their that. leashes. <laughs> that's why we don't do half half price beers on you know Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not the kind of environment we're trying to yeah. promote. But you know, obviously, if you have papers, and believe me, I've seen a lot of service dog papers that were total BS. Uh huh. But I feel like if, if you, you went to the trouble to do all that and you're going to sit there with the dog on your lap while mm. you're eating, then so be it. Yeah. Um, to me, I think it's disgusting. Uh-huh. But it's not when, when I grew up and I had a dog, 
a dog was never near the table. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, my father would, like, give it the boot. <laughs> kind of old school. But. So you didn't order boiled chicken and then feed it in the restaurant? No. Oh. <laughs> so, I'll yeah. take a boiled chicken for my dog. I've had, I've had the Yelp reviews where, where a, a, a woman wrote in about, you know, the, the owner came up and asked me not to have my dog sleeping in the aisle. <laughs> When I asked him for, when he asked me for papers, I didn't have the papers. I told him, I said, I know you called in advance. Mm-hmm. You add, well, we get Saturdays, we'll get nonstop phone calls. Are you guys dog friendly? Uh-huh. Can I bring the dog on the roof? Uh-huh. And we go and sell and tell them the same thing. Yes, we are dog friendly, but we have seating for the dogs out on the sidewalk. Uh-huh. And if you're just a service dog, you can come in. Uh-huh. I can't tell you how many people will come in with their dogs anyway. Uh-huh. And they'll sneak them up on the roof. In like a little bag? In a bag. Yeah. Under their jackets or something. And and then some of them will have papers and then you look at this dog and it's like, come on. That's not a service dog. dog. It doesn't know how to hair. Yeah, it doesn't know how to it's act. It's got a little foofy collar mm-hmm. on. Was, no. Yeah. And the dog is jumping around and it's a service dog. No service no. dogs. Service dogs around. know how to act. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, we, we put up with that and, we, you know, we don't want to make a scene and we don't want to piss off people, but, you know, it's just like our smoking policy here. It's like, mm-hmm. no cigarettes, but you can smoke weed. Okay. So, that like, seems I fair. can't stand cigarettes. <laughs> but I can. No weed is fine. All right. No with that. It's it's up to you. Yeah. But you know, I'll still see cigarette butts up here. Yeah. Yeah, we have a no smoking in the backyard policy also because I don't like it and I don't like when the smoke comes in the back door. Yes, and I don't realize because we it have, waves over everybody. Yeah, and we have a few tables in the front. Um, on the street, and you can sit at those tables, and you can bring your beer outside, and you can smoke while you drink, but the backyard is an enclosed place, and we have neighbors, and it comes in. Yes. No smoking back there. But, yeah, maybe how do you... I mean, how do you deal with all these people and discipline these people? <laughs> how do we discipline these adult people? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, we, we try to be pretty loose around here. We don't... You know, we, I we're, got we're some... Not, Retaliatory Yelp reviews um, at the when we first opened um, during the pandemic, we we were doing to go drinks, and then we had I think we had like four tables in the backyard, and I had somebody who was a regular before, and this was back when this was before the vaccines. This was back when we everybody was wearing a mask, and you weren't allowed inside unless you had you, people weren't even walking down the street without a mask on, and. I had a guy come in, two guys, and they kept pulling their mask down, and I didn't like them before the pandemic, and they were being super obnoxious, and I I had my back because I was in the kitchen making the food. I had my back to them, and my bartender kept saying, pull your mask up, pull your mask up, and then they, like, stopped, pulled their mask down, took a drink, a sip from their to-go drink, and then they realized that we had seats in the backyard, and one of them said, oh, can we sit in the backyard? And I turned around and I was like, no. And then he was like, what? And I was like, no, you can't sit in the backyard. Which was me getting a little bit more angry than the situation called for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I like I was like listening to the back and forth and it was just like, I was just getting madder and madder. 
And then he was like, what do you mean? I was like, no, you can't sit in the backyard. You got your masks down. You're drinking from your, your drink inside. You're putting my bartender in danger. Get out. And then he was like, fuck you. And I was like, fuck you. And then he took his to-go drink and, like, threw it at the window. And, um... A normal, and then, typical reaction. Yeah, and then I was like, get the fuck out. And I chased them out. And then he came back, and he asked me if I threw them out because they were Jewish. Oh, my and, God. And I'm like, well, I'm Jewish, so that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then I got, like, 11 one-star reviews from all of his friends. <laughs> Like, all on the same day. And so... But I just ignored it, because I was like, I don't really... Our customers are not looking at Yelp to see if they should come in come in there. So... You know, that's a good subject on another, on another day. How important is social media to your business? It depends on your business. It's not important to mine. Uh, well, I think it... In general, if, if you are a business that faces the public, mm-hmm. I think social media is it, it definitely it's high on the on the high on the uh, you know profile. Are you guys scene. big on social media? No. <laughs> <laughs> you seem okay. No. <laughs> I mean, we 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 go back and forth on it. I've had social media people. I hired them. I mean, I've had my girlfriend do it for a while. I had an employee do it for a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had, this is a classic story with uh, Instagram. Um, We we made a beer called Instagone. Okay. Um, I hired this this girl. She was a a waiter. I liked her, a lot of personality. She was like, oh yeah, I can do social media. I do social media for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, Okay, this is better than having my girlfriend do it because, you know, she and I are butting heads constantly on this thing. <laughs> and it's like you know, either we have a relationship without social social media in in between, or we don't have a relationship. Period. So it, it got to that you're point. Butting heads on what you think your social media should look like. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I hired this this uh, waitress, and she was doing okay. Until one day I got a phone call from her saying, Hey, Ed, we're going to be verified by Instagram. Okay. I'm like, well, what does that mean? She said, oh, that, that means that you're suddenly, like, reached a certain level mm-hmm. where, like, you know, you are, you know, you know you're like Kim Kardashian. Suddenly you're <laughs> sure. like... You are yeah. like, you know, you. they recognize you as a really important okay. influencer or something. Okay. And I look at her and I go, fine, whatever. What she didn't realize is that it, it was a scam. Oh, no. And she gave all of our Instagram passwords and user information to oh, the scammer. Oh, man. And within 24 hours... We were selling bootleg sneakers from Turkey, <gasps> and our Instagram uh, followers went from 20,000 to zero. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. 
You're listening to the Scam Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, she was with us for about three weeks later, and she was gone. Oh, no. This this is the whole thing, and it's like, you know, when you're in the beer business, it's like how... There's no way to really equate followers and likes to how much beer you sell. Yeah. When... I'm the guy who's been doing this for so long. Mm-hmm. I know when something is working. Yeah. And it's a very simple equation. You sold X amount of beer this month uh-huh. and made this amount of yes. money. Yes. The next month you sold X plus more and made this amount of money. Hey, it's working. I feel like your formula is, you should just stick to your formula. <laughs> yeah, your formula is good. So no matter I, how much people tell me, it's like... Ed, you got to get on social media wagon. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And at one point, I did break down, and I hired this company who came in. Uh These two guys were really enthusiastic. They were awesome. And they came in, and we had some really great ideas about Uh how to promote the brewery and what we were doing. We were teaching people how to make beer, how to taste beer, Mm -hmm. something you should learn about. And we did (laughs) all this. You taste it with your mouth, right? But, you know, (laughs) this all took time. We Uh have to take people, staff, myself included, away from what we're doing mm-hmm. to get in front of a camera and do all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and it looked, you know, it looked great on I totally camera. just ate a mosquito. Go on. Ooh, it landed in my sangria. No extra charge. <laughs> so we did that for a couple months, and yes, they, they hit some goals, and they got us mm-hmm. increased uh, followers and likes and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? It's really not doing anything in terms That's of sales. That's the thing. So everybody gets all excited about, oh, my God, 5,000 people looked at this. This is awesome. And, you you know, whoop-dee-doo. I have a lot of friends in this business. And, you know, they're on social media. They're on Instagram. And they have a big presence. And they're constantly promoting things and doing. But exactly... It doesn't translate into dollars yes. the way you think it does. Nothing does. So, I well, mean, I me, feel like... seeing uh, seeing our, our beer on the, uh, on the shelf mm-hmm. in Whole Foods or give me any other independent supermarket, Associated, D'Agostino's, you see that on the shelf, that is Instagram yeah. followers. There you go. Seeing a restaurant bar in a Greenpoint beer tap handle. Yeah. That is worth more to me than 100 followers. Yeah, of course it is. So, so you And know. also, I feel like we're one of the last things that you can do and that you have to do in person is, like, come out to a bar. Yes. Like, they haven't... They tried during the pandemic, but they haven't really figured out how to do this from home. So, maybe... We, I mean, I feel like a lot of places benefit from social media, but it, it's not my it's not my thing. Well, let's just say it, it, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. But it's it's there's no formula for it. Yeah, it's all you know speculative. Yeah, in the air. You know, you, one one day we'll post something that'll get like a, an amazing amount of likes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I look at the insights, and I can see how many people it reach. Yeah. And then, like, we'll post something else a week later and be like, you know, a few hundred people looked at it. And I'm going, well, what, what, 
Why? What did we do? What? Did we do it at the wrong time of because day? Because we didn't put a cat in the in the. Oh image? yeah, you got to put a cat. Everyone knows that. <laughs> of course you got to put a cat. <laughs> you got to have a cat. Cat and a beer. That's all you got to do. There, cat beer. I mean, you know, that's just not me. That's just to me. What do you, uh, I wanted, what do you have against cats, Ed? I don't have anything against cats. <laughs> I have two cats at the brewery, by the way. In the brewery? Yes, I'll show them. Okay. We have Goon and Benji. I want to meet the cats. And they're, they're, they're great mousers. And, uh-huh. and if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, we have ingredients in here that the critters like. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have the, uh, the cats. But, you know, we went through it at our old location where we were, like, selling crack uh-huh. to, to mice and rats and yeah, yeah, yeah. anything else. It's a I mean, bag of grain sitting out there, and, and they, they you eat at a little corner of it. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the grain is sitting out there, and it's a crack party for mice. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I feel like I've got this. your whole social media strategy pretty much planned out in, during this conversation. You just need to take a picture of the cats and then be <laughs> like, come out, and then people will... I mean, you have cats. I have to find cats to put on. I mean, I have my own cats, but I don't have cats in my business. So I have to, like, pimp out my own personal cats for the business. But you actually have business cats. You gotta, we have a cat. You got to put he's them on the social big, media. He's a big, uh, really dark, uh, dark-haired cat. His name is Goon. I love him. And we made a beer called Goon Squad. All right. Uh, not necessarily with him on it. I wish I could show you the label. The beer is long gone, long gone sold out. But it's a big uh, export stout. And um, just for the name Goon, people just went crazy for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. That was there was, a picture that's of, the, of a cat we on the label? The uh, we did one beer with a cat label and a dog label. They, they sold kind of well, but it was one of those, you know, one-offs. We ran uh-huh. it and sold out and it was gone, which is... Another subject together about today's beer drinkers. <laughs> everybody is, got, is so fickle and short attention span. You have to make a uh-huh. different beer for them every other week. Do you make a different beer every other week? Uh, we've cut back a lot, but now we probably average a beer, a new beer every two to three weeks. And what happens if somebody really likes the old beer? <laughs> the, well, we, have, we do make three year-round beers, uh-huh. but... Everybody wants something in between. Yeah, that makes sense. And plus we have, you know, 18 beers, uh, 15 beers on tap here. So we have to keep mix it up and and make different beers just for that alone. But yeah, it's not like 1988 with Brooklyn Lager. We sold Brooklyn Lager. That was it. Yeah. Nobody was asking for, so what do you got next? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in the 90s, you had one... Uh, American beer and one imported beer. Yep, that's and it. And that was it. And then... Now it's like people change their beer, their taps, like you change your underwear every day. Wait, I'm supposed to change my underwear every day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's news. <laughs> Sorry to inform Wait, you. Wait, every day? Even on the weekends? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to keep up with that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's really difficult to build a brand on a particular style or flavor mm-hmm. when when you sell a customer, you know, five cases of this beer, mm-hmm. they sell it out, 
And then you go back and go, hey, how'd that beer do? They go, oh, it sold really well. I'm like, great. You want some more? No. No, we want your new beer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's... And next thing you know, you're like, what? How do you so, how do you build a brand? So your beer that? makers are like, all right, now we're gonna add tarragon. All right, now like yeah, we... <laughs> which we know too. But yeah, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> it's the same idea. I mean, we're constantly mixing it up, and for me, it's frustrating because I'm used to building a brand based on a brand, yeah, or two at the most, like you know, Yeva. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always the same. Gobble, 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 gobble. Yeah, That's yeah. It. That's a result. Now it's like, you know, Greenpoint IPA, and it's Greenpoint Transference, it's Greenpoint Bermuda Shorts or Sour Beer, Greenpoint Wit Beer. We make a different beer every week. And what if I taste one of them and I'm like, oh my God, I finally like beer. This is the one I like. Yeah. And then I'll never get to have it you, again. You, I say, well, as more, order as many as you can now because you're not going <laughs> to see it probably for another another year or so. Okay. But then you'll bring it back? Well, maybe. that's another thing. Maybe, maybe not. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 really, it's really kind of frustrating uh, in today's beer market. With the, the whole craft beer thing. Yeah, that's Different why I drink tequila. Every, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, Greenpoint beer. I think I do a lot of plugging yeah. tonight. Greenpoint beer. Green, what was the address again? 1150 Manhattan Avenue in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And you have beer on the market that people can get at a store? Yes, you can go to your local Whole Foods or independent stores or many restaurants and bars on tap. Okay, and Browery Lane's still there? Browery Lane on Greenpoint Avenue in Franklin, uh, right up the road from Pauly G's. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. You that can buy sense. Greenpoint and Yaver and so many other local and imported uh, specialty beers. Okay. And they're going to change often. So uh, go there yes. every week. Learn about beer. Go yeah. to Browery Lane. <laughs> if you want to learn about how to make beer, uh-huh. come to Greenpoint Beer. We do tours every weekend, Saturdays, Sundays. What time? Uh, anytime. Just come with a minimum of five people. Do you have to call in advance? <clears throat> call in advance. It's 20 bucks. includes a, uh, a pint of beer. 20 bucks a person? 20 bucks a person. includes a beer. All right. That sounds fun. And uh, what am I going to promote? Hinterlands, Minis, Stewart's Podcast, The Flop, the flop House. Wait, what's it called? Flop House? <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex Smith's Podcast, Fast Tracks, and Alex's band, Hal Dottie. And that's it, right? Did I get everything? All right. And it was so good talking to you. It was so Thank great you so seeing much you again, for being here. I Wait. Thank you for, for having me be here. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Um, this is I Know the Owner. I am Charlene Wellington. This is... Ed Raven. And bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> I know the owner. I know the owner. I know the owner.